Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Damaris Lewis, Sports Illustrated model, is joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. You you have great personality. You can hear it in your voice. Would you date an NBA player? I'm open to anything, but respect, old school, chivalry. Like, I listen to Sinatra in the morning. You need to accept that. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear you're single, then. (laughs) With your host. Elliot Anderson stopped it now behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA? NBA with the rules the way they are. Be honest. Uh, average 40. <laughs> we will win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I was covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. <laughs> now it's time for the tip-off. Oh, here we are. The final regular season edition of the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith. From NBA.com's Hangtime blog, Lang Whitaker, Rick Fox. Gentlemen, Yo. How, how you guys doing? Well, I'm, I'm good now that my son is safe in Boston, and I'm down uh, in the Bahamas. Uh, yes, right. That's right. I forgot. You know, Rick, I didn't even you, – you worry about so many people. You know, um, Mike yeah. Wells, a good friend of ours, uh, beat writer for the Indiana Pacers, was in Boston the other night, Sherrod Blakely. Friend of the program, these you know all the people you know, Terry Lyons, she's worked for the NBA. All these people you know that are in Boston when this goes down, and uh, it was tough. It was I'm telling you this, Lang. I don't know about you, but it was a rough, it was a rough weekend, man. From Friday, you know, all the way through the the bombings at the Boston Marathon on Monday, man. I was like, what you know, what what more can can they throw at us with Kobe going down, you know, which was a sports thing. And and the the bombings at the Boston Marathon, which is sports related as well, but it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot to digest. The last week, I, I was in when I uh, when I found out about the bombings in Boston. I was I'm, I'm in Oklahoma City right now, mm-hmm. and um, uh-huh. you know my initial thought was the bombings in Oklahoma City happened, um, you know, a decade ago, and and to just think about how that affected this area and how that's going to affect Boston long term. Um, you know, it's so much more than sports. It's, it's everyday life. And, yeah. you know, having lived through having lived through 9-11 right. uh, in New York City, um, I know what it's like to, to, be a, to be the terror you feel. And um, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. You know, the only, I don't know if it ever completely heals. Time helps, but it doesn't ever completely heal. And um, it's just something that becomes a part of your life when you move on. Um, 
in, in sports-related matters, the Kobe thing was uh, pretty incredible. I was watching the game, and, you know, he got hurt a couple of times in that game. No, no. He went down, and he went down, and he got back up. And then when he went down that last time with the, the Achilles, you think, well, he's going to get back up. He, he came back out, he shot the free throws, and then he limped off, and that was it. Yeah, it was deflating. I, I've never seen a guy – I don't remember the other guys who have suffered that injury walking off like that. No. I, you know, and that's what that's what made me think I had – you know, I didn't have the sound up um, when I was watching, so I couldn't hear what they were saying, what the announcers were saying. But I kept thinking, oh, maybe he pulled a muscle or maybe, you know, maybe tweak something because he was walking. Um, yeah. But, Rick, you were there. Yeah. I mean, what was yeah. – how long did it take everybody to find out inside Staples Center what had happened? Well – you know what you you point out, Lang, that there are a couple moments, you know, earlier on in the right. game where he came out, and 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 you know, my I was with a friend, and the friend turned to me and he said, "It was Kobe just being dramatic right now," and I said, "Yeah, no, nah, that's not Kobe. Kobe's not one to express pain or show weakness." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's he's just I told him he's probably just exhausted and he's taking a beating right now, playing a lot of minutes. And I said, "Yo, he's just old. He's getting old, man." can't hold up right and the person behind me the second time he came down and he went all the way to half court was feeling his knee and feeling his leg you know and and the lady behind me said get him out of the game and you know look mike d'antoni could not have pulled kobe out of that game so it wouldn't you know uh, it's not on mike you know kobe's logged a lot of minutes knew he was logging a lot of minutes was trying to get his team to the playoffs i you know on that same end of the floor i ruptured the tendon in my foot and and I know that walk to the locker room. Yeah. Fortunately, right. you know, fortunately, you know, for Kobe, um, you know, I, I shouldn't say fortunately. No one wants that to happen. But, but you know, he he's he's has an opportunity to come back from it, and and I hope be at the level that he expects to play at. But it's a long journey, man. I mean, look, I was sick to my stomach, man. I just because no one seems you can't escape. You know, you, he he was battling for all the time, and more and more conversations about. You know, Kobe's, you know, winning over Father Time, and the Father Time will eventually win. But you log as many miles in your body as a basketball player in this league as he has. It's like you're not going to escape without something breaking. Yeah. I mean, I felt even even worse. Um, Fridays on NBA.com, the MVP ladder comes out um, that myself and Jeff Case, we put together every week. And my feature Friday was – Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan kicking Father Time in the teeth. Right. So, you know, hours later to find out that Father Time slapped me across the face and then snatched Kobe. I was like, man, I, you know. Do you guys think we have, have we seen the last of Kobe as we know him? I, man, look, I, I, I hope not, but yeah. I am rooting for him to come back and, Prove, you know, in the Adrian Peterson fashion, prove us all wrong. Right. And right. and I wouldn't put, I wouldn't bet against him. But no. I played, like I played with Dominique Wilkins when he was post Achilles tendon, mm-hmm. and I can recall right. to this day him being on a Celtic team and and getting a breakaway and going down the court and attempting to do a, a three a windmill dunk that he so effortlessly done his whole career and got hung on the front rim. Mm-hmm fell in the front of the rim and fell on his back and I was on the bench and I I it was in shock. But I I, wow. I can't believe I just witnessed that. And because the, the Dominique that I grew up watching or you know, seeing as a as a college player, 
man, that's what he. That's how I re- wanted to remember him. I didn't want to remember him getting hung on a, on a windmill dunk, you know, at, at 34, 35 years old. But you know, that's the body. It's not that the body betrays you. It's just that the body can only take so much. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't believe. To be fair, Dominique, that happened to him a couple times before the Achilles injury. <laughs> you go look at uh, defending his uh, idol. It, it happened in the All Star game one year. <laughs> in the, the All Star game one year, he did the windmill and got hung on the front of the rim. And fell oh, okay. okay. Look at you. He's, he's not going to let anybody say anything about it, Nick. Now you can forget that. Not even, not even, not even a fact. Well, also, <laughs> you know, Dominique, he made two All Star games after the Achilles injury. Yeah. Um, and there's not a great history of guys returning from that injury, and Dominique might have had the best post-injury career of all the guys who've had that. Injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I think the one the one benefit Kobe has, obviously, is is the advances in medical science and, and how you can, right. re, you know, recover from any injury. The second thing is, if there was ever a guy who had an opportunity to reinvent his game at this stage of his career and still be a high-level player, it's Kobe. Um, because if you think about Michael Jordan – we got a chance to watch him go from the high flying Michael Jordan to the to the technician Michael Jordan, who had to beat people, you know, with his mind and 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 not playing as above the rim as he did early in his career. We never saw Kobe make that transition. Kobe's, I mean, as recently what as a few weeks ago, Kobe was driving the middle of the lane and dunking on people. I mean, it's still well, playing. You know what, Sekou and Lang, I think what could separate him from the greatness of Michael could be. If he returns from an injury as drastic as this Achilles, mm-hmm. to play at the level that we know him to be capable of playing at, because at that point you have to look at him differently. Because Mike Mike came back after knee injuries and played a couple years in Washington, but was never the Michael Jordan. We right, knew. right. Now if Kobe comes back and is the Michael is the Kobe Bryant that we we knew once, dropping twenty six game and. But that's what that's yeah. what I was saying, though, Rick. I don't I don't think he has to come back and be that Kobe. He's got a chance to reinvent his game. He could come back and say, I'm serious business when I say this. He could come back and play the one. He could come back and be the the main initiator of the offense on whatever team he's on. Because you know we had I mean we've seen glimpses of Kobe triple double Kobe this year. All of a sudden, the guy who run mm-hmm. you know who's directing traffic mm-hmm. and kind of setting guys up. He could come back and play that kind of role on a team and say Dwight Howard's there and some other pieces. I, I, it would be interesting to see how, if he had to reinvent his game, how he'd do it. Cause, you know. but, but the thing is, we, as you said, we've seen glimpses of that, Kobe, and we've never seen it for an extended period of time. This year we saw it maybe more than we ever have before. Yeah. But, we, but we've still never seen that for, what, two months? We haven't had you know? to. We haven't had to. I mean, I that's what I'm saying. It's, I, I, this is a – this is a situation where it may force him to to make some changes right. to his game. You know. Um, Let me also say this: I, I thought you know if, whether you like Kobe or don't like him, and I know he's certainly a divisive figure among NBA fans, as much for the fact that he plays in the Lakers as anything. But uh, that Facebook post he did after the injury in the middle of the night, brilliant, was maybe the most real glimpse of him we've ever seen yeah. as fans. Yep. Don't you think? I mean, you got the frustration, and you yes. saw that the will to win and the drive to return and all that. I, I thought that was just unbelievable, that post he did. Yeah, and social media was made for some people. You know, for the longest time, Kobe resisted. Yeah. But he's he's all in now. 
um, the <laughs> tweets to the Lakers after you know after the surgery. That Facebook rant that is going to go down is you know like you said one of the all time greats. Like um, he signed up on in- he signed up on Instagram. On Instagram now, now son. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as he got injured, he signed up on Instagram. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, we're going to talk some more about Kobe uh, here in the show. So, I mean, it's not like we're not going to exhaust this topic here. But, right. uh, again, Rick, great to hear that your son is okay in Boston. And all our hearts obviously go out to everyone in Boston affected by, the you know, the things that went on there earlier this week. Um, yet another another tragedy that – you know, that we all have to sit back and start examining ourselves and this world we live in and how it, how it works. So, um, but the, this is the last night of the regular season. I mean, the NBA regular season comes to a close on Wednesday night and we get into the playoffs now. I mean, it's hard to look at this playoff picture and not start planning for, you know, where we're going to eat dinner in Miami, Lang, um, during the finals. We <laughs> We still don't know the playoff picture. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, so much of it is still murky in terms of seeds and, you know, who's going to have home court here and who, you know. But to me, Miami is just kind of sitting there and everybody has, I mean, I don't know, unless I'm wrong, everybody has this feeling that whatever else shakes out in the West or, or in the East underneath them, the Miami Heat are going to be sitting there when it's time to decide who wins the championship. You guys feel that way? Like that it's... This Miami and everybody, you know, everybody else is figuring out who's going to play Miami. Yes, outside in the East, outside, even the Knicks are banged up, and you know, maybe the healthiest they've been again since yeah. the beginning of the season. But outside of those guys, everyone else is just not not an appealing choice to to represent the East other than Miami. Yeah. And uh, out West, it just seems like it turns on a dime. Well, I think the Western Conference playoffs and Lang. I don't know what you think. To me. Yeah. It's wide open. I mean, the the Spurs are wounded, you know, and they're a top two seed. The Thunder are the number one seed. You you feel good about them making making it back, but you're not completely so. I mean, I'm not completely sold that they that they make it through these Western Conference playoffs. I could see some upsets. I could see some teams, you know, showing up in the conference semifinals, conference finals that we maybe didn't expect to see to see them there. You know, earlier in the year. I mean, Denver's dangerous. You know, all, uh, Golden State, all these, all these lower seeds in the West just about are dangerous. You know, even the Lakers, if they get in, um, could be a real problem for some. I mean, it's, it, I love that it's wild. I, I know what you're saying, Rick, but for fans, having the, the last night of the season turn into must-see TV because, you know, you're not watching D-League call-ups and end-of-the-bench guys finish the season. Right. It's, it's interesting. Well, we did like about that. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Oklahoma City tonight? Uh, you know, Durant has a, he has a chance if he if he scored seventy points tonight to to win the scoring title. Um, and you know, we've seen that before years ago. With David Robinson had the game when he went off. George Gervin had a night. Um, but doesn't that but, assume if the, doesn't that assume that Carmelo doesn't play? Yeah. Well, whatever happened. Durant's not going to play. Right. They've already announced he's not playing. A bunch of those guys aren't going to play. Yeah, I don't think Melo's playing either. So yeah. Durant's not going to play, you said? Neither one of them. No, Melo or Durant. Oh, okay. They're not oh, playing okay. So it's decided already. But uh, What do you think about it? I don't know, Lang. I had, Russ and I had a back and forth about it on Twitter this morning. I saw that. Um, you know, and Russ was kind of, he was going get off, he was going Rick Fox, get off my lawn. You know, back in the uh, day, everybody played 82 games. 
Durant should go out there and try and get 70. And I was just kind of like, man, this guy's already got three scoring titles. He's got, he's got other titles on his mind. And I don't have a problem with that if he decides to not go out and try and get 70 to win a fourth. Um, I, feel, I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, I, I commend I want to see it. <laughs> I'd like, I, I want to see it. Yeah, it may be great, but I'm saying I commend him for putting the team ahead of the the individual pursuit, as fantastic as it would be, yeah. of, of trying to go out and get 70. I, mean, I, I, I didn't need it. You know I, what I mean? Just, I mean, this is a weak generation, though, man. <laughs> if guys can't play 82 games, man, and go on and win an NBA championship by adding another 15 wins or playing another 25 games, I don't know. I, I think it's all watered down, then. Get off my lawn. <laughs> asterisks across the board. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, I'm just kidding, obviously. But you know, inter- that is an interesting point. You know, guys in this generation do take more heed and more attention to uh, their bodies. And, and you, you have the coaching staff. So Pop gets pointed out for it all the time. You know, looking at an MA2 game season and understanding that it is taxing and to put your team in the best position to – be well rested and prepared to make a run in the playoffs when it actually, you know, matters uh, in terms of health and, and playing the best basketball. You know, more and more guys are resting. More and guys, you know, guys did it in the past probably by, you know, claiming sickness or taking, you know, being injured <laughs> when you're, and no one could really fully gauge whether they they were injured or not. But or they call it foul shaving. You know, guys are going to game and take a couple fouls and go sit down. You know. And so it, it, guys got around it in many different ways. But, I, you know, if I'm a fan and I'm paying to watch a game, I want to see these guys play, man. You know, I want to see them play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Lang. What do, you, do you think the scoring title just – I mean, it, obviously, if Durant was concerned about something like that, you, you think he, he would have, think you know, maybe thought about playing? Or do you think, think this so. – Yeah, I mean but – like, But it's also a no-win situation. Because right. either way, if he goes out and plays and takes 50 shots, against Milwaukee, who has all their guys. You know, Milwaukee's going to be resting guys, too. And if he goes out and does that, they well, he did it against a watered-down team, and right. he didn't put the team first. And, you know, and, and then if he doesn't... We used do to it, have... Uh, yeah. We used to have the win. goal of playing 82 games. Like, <laughs> Bill Jackson used to challenge us. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going who's gonna to be a full... Who's going to make a full 82? Right. Because there is something what? about suiting up and showing up because it, it, it requires a mental focus. It requires a physical preparation to, 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 to do the 82. And, and it, you, it's no different. It's no different than that feeling of, you know what? I've put in more work than the next guy. Mm-hmm, I've actually right. been more durable. I've stood up and I've, you know, I've completed the race. Right. And not every, now I don't know if everyone cares about that as a, as a, as a benchmark. I know Russell Westbrook hadn't missed a game. Yeah, he's not playing on this year. And he's not playing and he's not playing tonight? No, no, no. He's no, playing. He is. He's playing. He, he playing. doesn't plan on ever yeah. missing a game. That's what yeah. that's he's what I'm saying. One. So that's to me, I respect that, man. Yeah. He's three ninety four. He wouldn't have been able to get Kobe off the court. Kobe would play it every game. Yeah, well, I think Westbrook will probably play like five minutes tonight and that's it. Yeah. But he's gonna play. Yeah. I mean there are other guys who have I mean, Steph Curry is two shots away from uh, setting a new NBA record for, uh, you know, three-pointers in a season. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, he's and... Got to get to my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, he, and, and he's going for it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
you know. What if what if Steph what if Steph Curry sprains his ankle tonight? That wouldn't be anything new. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. I mean, like you know, it could happen. That could happen next week. It right. Happen, right. You know, in other words, I, I think the more he's played, the stronger he's gotten. Thank yeah. I just hate it for him yeah. if he goes out there and he doesn't make. You know, if he if he he goes like you know one for twelve from three, like that's that'd yeah, be I mean, even what, worse. What if, <laughs> What if what if Kobe hadn't played on Friday? Maybe would he not ruptured his Achilles? You know, we don't know these right. things. You know what I mean? It's like you gotta you gotta get out there and play, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know what? That is a it's a tough challenge for guys nowadays. Because you know, going back to the Kobe, you know, the first thing that ran through my mind, I noticed, I noticed two things don't have anything to do with the other with each other. But you know, the first thing I thought of when Kobe went down Friday night is Derrick Rose is watching this and he's not coming back. Because because uh-huh. early in the day Friday I, I was having a conversation with Kevin Cottrell, um, who's you know everybody knows from NBA TV, the, the best researcher in the business, and 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 I was telling him I said man, D Rose coming back against the the Heat on Sunday would be a perfect time for him to you know, and we kind of tossed that around and as soon as Kobe got hurt, I, I you know I thought of that conversation and I sent Kev a um, a direct message on Twitter which was it was at an ungodly hour. Uh, because I was up all night Friday, you know, reading and watching and, and you know, going through all the, the aftermath of COVID thing. But that 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 cautious, you know, thing you're talking about, Rick, I think all these players yeah. are so sensitive now to, to not only their own bodies, but what goes on around the league. You know, we talked about Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I mean, they're just so conscious of, every, you know, of, of everything that goes on. I, Mm-hmm. I thought for sure. I was like, man, if Derrick Rose is watching this, he's probably thinking, man, if I, you know, if I come back, I could, I could land wrong, and this, you know, and, and this thing is all, you know, up in smoke again. Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder, and I wonder if that something like that has an effect on players. You know, the, I've compiled the Twitter reactions of a lot of the players around the league. You know, LeBron and a bunch of them. I mean, they had the same sick feeling about Kobe going down as as we did. So it has to be in the back of their minds. You know that hey, this thing could, you know, one false step, you know, and you could be in a in a predicament like Kobe and D Rose. Yeah, especially as you get older. Yeah, I mean, it could, Kobe's no, uh, he's not getting any younger, but I just, I just all of that you know kind of guys, ran through my mind. You know what, guys? Like certain, you know, it's just a the makeup of a player, though. Yeah, I mean, there's certain guys who will run through a wall. They won't. They'll ignore the pain. They'll they'll ignore the advice of the trainer. The coach, all they care about is that they're out on the floor. Right. They may not even be. They may not even look at look at Metal World Peace. Two weeks, I asked the owner Patrick Sunshine, right? Mm-hmm. I saw him the game on Friday. I said, Doc, I said, your doctor is is that smart on what Meta's doing? Two weeks later, he's like, No. He goes, He's like, I told him not to play. <laughs> this is the owner telling the player, No, he shouldn't play, and yet he still wants to be out there with his team. That's just. A different now. I've seen other guys who have a hangnail, stub a toe, and they're like out for nine months. So you know, it's it's you know, certain people just understand that wear and tear, fatigue, pain, injuries are part of the game. Others are trying to leave the game 100 percent unscathed, and it's impossible. Yeah. Well, I I will guarantee that's not the first time somebody has told Ron Artest, "Hey, you should do this." And yeah, and he's gone he, the, other he way. Did the other way. Yeah. I mean, that's my man. What Metal World Peace. The artist formerly known as Ron Artest. I mean, he, he's been known to go to walk his own path. 
Um, <laughs> owner or not, it could have been anybody giving him that suggestion. But, yeah, I see what you're saying, Rick. I really do. And I'm, I don't want to be in the old, in the old stay off my grass crowd all, all the time. I, and I know I'm getting older and, and I have those same sensibilities about some things. But I kind of like that the players are now more conscious of injuries and just taking care of themselves. And, I, you know, I applaud that. I think that's – I think it's smart. You know, I, I would prefer smart over tough in some instances. This, is, this happens to be one of them. Mm, not for my money. <laughs> no. I'd rather, I rather gladiator gets a little off. Yeah. Because well, that's just me. You know, at right, the end of the right. day, at the end of the day, you know, you, you you stick your finger up in the air to check the weather too many times. Right. You're either gonna you're either gonna get in the game or you're not. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And and if I'm if I'm a teammate of yours, and I, and I hate the references to we're going to war, we're going to battle. It trivializes yeah. what people are doing day in and day out for us to protect Absolutely. us. I don't reference that, but you know, if we're competing and we're and we're pulling all together to accomplish something. There's a sacrifice that goes into it, and you right. know, and some people are willing to sacrifice more than others. And you can, you can calculate it statistically, mathematically, just test the weather, you know, run X-rays, and oh, I don't feel quite right, you know, and all that stuff. You know, everyone processes differently. I know when I'm sitting in the locker room and I'm looking around the, the locker room, I'd rather a 37-year-old one-legged Ron Harper than a 25-year-old young kid that's got all the potential in the world who is going to maybe give me four games and then get a bump and a bruise and want to sit down. Yeah, right. You know, that's just because I, I know the difference in what it takes to win. And, and looking around a locker room, you want more of those guys than you want the guys who have potential or who give you a great 10 games and then show, don't show up in the playoffs. Sure. You know, so sure. that's just for me. I just want and, them to think and, about it. I just like that they think that they're thinking about it. I don't, I'm yeah, not saying that they make the right or wrong choice, right? But I like that. I, think, I like that it's just not the bullet head and you know, hey, be a gladiator. Don't worry about anything else. Worry about all this later. It's like no, I, I prefer to have that. They pause and think about it. And being real here, Rick said for my money, and the money is very different now than it was yes. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when you saw guys limp out there with their entire leg taped up. You know. Yeah. I yeah. think that's part of it. Yeah. I think you have, you know, that's part of why some guys are quicker to sit that's out. My, to think long-term investment than than short-term. Sure. I'm, I'm like I yeah, said. I, I guess I just come. I'm that. I'm stay off my grass. I'm from a different era. <laughs> I'm from a different era. Stay you know, off but, put, you know, grass. Yeah, take take the money and everyone put the money on the side because we're all making different amounts and you know, but yeah. we're all we're all accounting on we're all counting on each other. Right, right. If it was an individual sport, I that's why I don't have as much noise about it with individual sport athletes. Yeah, tennis players, right. golfers. You know, they walk off a golf course and say, "I can't go my hamstring." They're the only one that's affected by that. Yeah, you know. Well, you got a group of you got football players, basketball players, baseball players. Like you step to the side. Now we all are affected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so, to breaking news: Goran Dragic, Dragic will not play for the. Uh, Sons tonight, um, right ankle impingement. Another, yeah. another guy yeah, who's who's choosing. Uh, you you want to know what that is? You want to know what that is? <laughs> that's if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, we get the seventh. We get the pick. <laughs> we get their pick. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts on the final night of the NBA regular season. Um, 
We talked we talked Kobe early. We need to talk more Kobe with some people who are, you know, like Rick, a little more qualified to discuss what lies ahead for one Kobe Bean Bryant. Well, guys, we couldn't have picked a better time to uh, speak to our guest here today on the Hangtime Podcast. Legendary trainer Tim Grover is joining us for the first time. Tim, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. And you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. We are, uh, I mean, it's it's never uh, a, a great time to, to dive into injury issues or and that sort of thing, but Kobe's, Kobe's injury last week, you know, it's, it left a lot of people with, you know, feeling empty over the weekend. I mean, I, I know I certainly had a hard time reconciling that, hey, this is, a you know, one of the greatest players of all time and certainly of my era. And and he goes down with an injury that has been known to really knock knock the sails out of guys' careers. Um, what was your initial reaction when you when you heard and saw that, that he had torn his Achilles and was going to have to go through the rigorous rehab to come back from that? Well, it's funny. As soon as I saw it, uh, saw it happen, I said, oh, it looks like an Achilles, but I wasn't sure. Then when he communicated that, he felt like he was kicked, and I immediately knew, okay, I said, well, there, go, there goes the Achilles. So mm-hmm. I immediately got on the phone, got on the Internet, started to con- uh, call all my different contacts and references and say, hey, listen, this is what's coming up. Let's put a plan together. What do you got for me? What do you have? What's the latest research out there? What's the latest techniques in rehabbing this and training and getting him going back? So it was it was a process that started for me. It started right away, as and I'm sure it did for Gary Vitti and everybody else on the Lakers staff. Hey Tim, can you share with us what you discovered in your in your searches surrounding how quickly you know he went into surgery? Well, you know the. How- the- the difference between the Achilles and the ACL, you know, the ACL, they want, which are probably the two most common injuries that people know about. So with an ACL, you want the swelling, you want the swelling to go down, so you can you can go in and reatta- reattach the ligament, which usually uh, have to come from uh, somewhere else. With an Achilles tendon, you really want to attack it right away and reattach it because you don't want the you don't want an abundance of swelling to get in there. The swelling usually starts anywhere from 48 to 72 hours afterwards. So it's one of those surgeries that you want to get into it right, right, right away. And that's the difference between doing a, you know, doing a ligament and doing a tendon. Those are the, the one of the characteristics of the two. Whether you have a tendon injury or you have a ligament injury. Mm. Legendary trainer Tim Grover joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. He's also an author, obviously. The new book, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to Adam uh, at Pressbox Press Box Publicity. He sent me an, an advanced copy, so I got a chance to read it, Tim. And I, I, was, I, was, I got a 14-year-old son, so I'm telling him uh, you know, some of the stories and the anecdotes from the book. And he's, he's obviously reading it now. He, I told him so much that he, he's like, you know, Dad, you got to let me hold on to this. So <laughs> <laughs> do you, the, the mental aspect, and that's what really struck me about Kobe in particular with this injury is, is is the mental recovery and rehabilitation going to be more rigorous do you think or the physical with something like this no it's definitely it's definitely going to be the mental it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be the mental part of it is you can bring a person back I think what determines whether a person gets all the way back from an injury or whether they get 
to that next level is not the physical, it's the mental. You can do the work physically. Everyone does the work physically, you know, but it's whether that mental state where you can push yourself through that, through that extra barrier and know, hey, listen, is it, am I feeling pain or am I feeling discomfort? I need to work through the discomfort, but I need to stop when, there, when there's pain. And I think that's going to, like, challenges with most individuals. Most individuals stop when they feel the discomfort. With Kobe, I got to stop him even when he feels the pain and say, okay, hey, that's enough, man. Yeah. You know, you, we got we to cut you off because there's certain things, no matter who you are, they have to heal on their own. There's nothing nobody can do to make them heal faster. And that's going to be his, his mental challenge is like, listen, we need time for this in order to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Who, who comes back faster, a cooler, a closer, or a cleaner? Who, who comes back faster from an injury like this, do you think? Uh, I, I, a cleaner always comes back because he only has one focus in mind. And right mm-hmm. now, Kobe's uh, focus is, listen, i got to let this thing heal. You know, hopefully the Lakers get into playoffs. They do what they're supposed to do. But I have to get back on the court as quickly as possible. But I also need to be able to listen to the people that I have around me who have been around him for a very long time and to guide me into this process and just and keep me on track. You know, a closer is only going to push himself as far as somebody else is going to put uh, push him mm-hmm. and a cooler is not going to put a cooler is not going to if you tell a cooler he, it's going to take nine months he's going to take every bit of nine <laughs> months and add a couple of weeks and add a couple of weeks after that right yeah jim uh yeah jim with the um with the rigor mortis that sets in for a professional athlete as they get older in the off season <laughs> where you really don't want to take the time off uh at all and knowing how aggressive kobe's been with his training and, and athletes that you've dealt with are the top tier athletes in any sport, what can he do now, even that he's probably elevated for a couple of weeks here, to start the process of keeping his body in the type of shape that it's going to require him to be at when he does return? Well, you know, for the first for the first two weeks, we we recommend you know that he doesn't he doesn't really do much of anything. He's just got the ele- of the leg elevated, and you know I'm sure if you follow him on Instagram, he's got a few pictures with his teammates because he's got to walk around a little bit so you don't develop the blood clots in the leg and so forth. But the first two weeks is just hey, listen, let's make sure everything attaches correctly and and the healing process starts, and then from there, you know, once we talk to Gary and we talk to Judy from the Lakers training staff. And then from there, we can kind of start progressing, progressing a little bit forward. And they'll say, okay, listen, now you, you can do this kind of movement. We can have you do this. We can have you do that. But for the first two weeks, I don't, I don't want, to want him doing anything. Even when I saw him taking a picture with Dwight, I sent him a text immediately. I said, hey, man, what, the, what are you doing out of bed? Get your butt back in bed. Get that leg up. <laughs> Tim, you, you've worked with so many different athletes, obviously, you know, and so many different uh, – Famous NBA players over the years, Michael Jordan, you know, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, these guys standing out uh, amongst that crowd. But what's the what's the underlying trait in all these guys that you've recognized, you know, as athletes and people? Is there something that that runs through all of them? That's that's a, a similar thing that you that you picked up on early on dealing with these guys. You know, it's the ability Physically, they're all gifted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rick, you've played you play in the league for, uh, you know, how, I don't know how many years. You've seen so many guys that have come in that are so physically gifted but aren't mentally strong because once some adversity hits or something gets them off track, they kind, they kind of head the wrong path. These guys are ex- as 
gifted as they are physically, they're even stronger mentally. And then in the book, Relentless, we have the trait, the 13 traits of Relentless, and majority of those traits these individuals have or have had, Michael, Dwayne, Kobe and some of the younger fellas that that are uh, that are up and coming, like the like the Westbrooks and uh, Chris Paul and all these guys. These are the different things that we know how they how they think from the neck up, and you can see the little different things on the court. And this is what we're trying to tell them relentless that this can correlate to anybody. This isn't about the physical component. Yeah, you're not going to play basketball like Kobe Bryant. You're not going to play basketball like Michael Jordan. But you can think the way they think and why they achieve at what they do you know rick you've been in the locker room with uh with kobe you know you know how he is he gives you the short answers he's always focused on one on one goal and that's that's about it not the easiest guy to get along with uh, as a teammate but that doesn't make him a bad person but he's just focused on that one thing i agree and uh, with separation look there's a couple i've been fortunate to be around mike when i was a young kid in north carolina yeah camp stayed at his house and I can remember walking down the basement and I, you may have been there at the time Tim I, I I just recall him getting on the treadmill and running at a speed that <laughs> I couldn't even fathom and it wasn't for a minute sprint it felt like he was, he was on it for 30 minutes and it was as high as the treadmill could go and I'd never seen anyone do that and so you know like you were talking about this, the physical attributes and the gifts that they each have, but there's another level. There's a determination, there's a focus. They're pushing themselves. They're almost competing with themselves. Yeah, and, 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 and they can... That's one of the that's one of the traits of the thirteen. What we have in there that they don't compete against others. They they compete against themselves. As Rick, it's funny that you said that because remember every summer while Michael used to play, he used to come down to North Carolina and play uh, pick up that pick up basketball. And I remember you being in those games. I remember you coming down to the uh, down to the basement. I, I remember all that yeah. stuff because I was I was there I was there with, I was there with him, and he wanted to show all the guys coming to the next level, especially the North Carolina kids. Say hey, listen. You're representing this brand, so you got you got to bring it. And this is what, even though I'm the best at what I do, look what I continue to do to stay at this level. And the other thing was to say, hey, young fella, you ain't going to catch me. <laughs> well, it was a gift. It was a gift to see, but it also set the bar at a level that I knew that if I was even going to make it to the league, that I had to be somewhere in that stratosphere. Never reached the level that, that he, uh, he obviously lived at, and it was rare air. But right. you, you talk about comparing the two, uh, or and you talk about Kobe and, and uh, Mike, I, I, I just think of, you know, similar attributes in the sense that Kobe may have seemed a little bit uh, isolated, but it was just a focus and a determination that we all can look back and now respect and appreciate and realize that very few have it. You know what? Once you leave from the game and you get to see it from other individuals, then you have more respect for it. You get a, you get a better understanding because when you have a player like that on your team, it forces you to to bring your game and your level up. You know, it, it really it really does to have somebody who's constantly relentless on you the whole whole time and barking on you like, hey, listen, I I got to bring I got to bring my play up. I have to bring it up. And you know, with Kobe and Michael and all them, you know, they're not intimidated by pressure. They run to that pre- they run to that pressure. And you yeah. as a team as a teammate know, hey, listen. I this guy has my this guy has my back. I need to do whatever I need to do to make it as easy for him as possible. If I could keep the game close, 
I know we have a chance. Wow. Tim Tim Grover joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast, Tack Athletics in Chicago. You got the the book out, Relentless from Good to Great to Unstoppable. Fantastic stuff and thrust into the spotlight once again here with Kobe Bryant's injury. We're going to look forward to to seeing how he recovers and, and rehabs from that and and how strong he comes back to him. And uh, and we know you're going to have plenty to do with that. So we appreciate you joining us, man. And we'll talk to you hopefully down the road. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Thanks, sir. Nice Take care, you, Tim. All right. Tim Grover's book really details just the mental approach and how you have to recover from that. But there's a medical side as well. Um, and, and, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't really dive into that here on the Hang Time Podcast. So uh, doc, Dr. Thomas Best, the director of sports medicine research at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center, is joining us now on the Hang Time Podcast to, to really dive into the other side of it, the, this, the, the true physical nature of that injury and how you come back from it. Dr. Best, let me, let me ask you first, just from a physical standpoint, an Achilles injury, is it a stress-related thing or is this something that's just a freak injury that could happen to anybody anytime for, for no real reason? You know, that's a great question. And um, I think a couple points to remember. First of all, it, it used to be that we rarely saw this injury in, say, somebody uh, in, in, their, uh, in their 30s, for example, or even in their 20s, for that matter. People were typically in their you know, 40 to 50 range, sometimes mm-hmm. 50 to 60 range. And, and there's no question that we are seeing more of these injuries uh, in, in uh, all walks of life, not only high-level athletes, but everyday people, uh, you know, between the ages of, say, late 20s and, and, and early 40s. Mm-hmm. So that really does beg the question that you ask, which is, you know, is this an acute traumatic injury or is it more of a stress over, you know, overuse injury? And, and the reality is it's probably a combination of both, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, we have certainly changed our thinking over the years with a lot of injuries. For example, some of the bone injuries that we see now in the foot that we used to think were very acute, single episodic injuries. Uh, many of us are now thinking that these are, are, are more stress fractures and we're treating very, you know, very differently. Hmm. Doc, I, I ended um, my career, I should say, with a perineus longus uh, tendon rupture. And, and they, uh, they couldn't attach. They, they thought of attaching it and trying a, almost like a Tommy John's uh, exploratory surgery. I opted right. not to, and they attached it to the brevis on the side of my foot. And I didn't get into surgery really quickly. I, I was took me two weeks before I actually actually had surgery. I know Kobe pretty quickly had his. Is you know the advantages of that? Could you speak to that? Well, I think a couple of a uh, couple of advantages. Certainly, uh, you know, first is uh, as you know. Uh, the acute injury, the, the inflammation sets in very quick. So from a technical standpoint, if you can get in there very quick before a lot of that inflammation occurs, that, that's probably a good thing. I think the other key here is when you're dealing with these uh, Achilles injuries, uh, for example, or, or for that matter, these tendon injuries, you've got a muscle that's attached to that tendon. And if you leave that muscle without you know, tension in the rope, so to speak, for a while, it's going to atrophy. And it's going to atrophy very quickly. Uh, we know, for example, that uh, starting around, say, the third decade of life in the early 30s, that muscle starts to atrophy. That's a normal part of, quote-unquote, aging. So if you leave that muscle, that, that uh, uh, calf muscle, for example, in the Achilles tendon rupture without tendon, it will start to atrophy, and that's just going to, you know, uh, uh, prolong the recovery period. So uh, I would agree that the sooner we get in there to fix these, you know, the better off we are, and it speeds up the rehabilitation and, and minimizes some of the changes such as muscle atrophy. 
Dr. Thomas Bess is joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast, the Director of Sports Medicine Research at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Dr. Best, the, the one thing that's really struck me about not only Kobe Bryant's injury, but quite a few of these other NBA players that have dealt with this sort of injury. Years ago, you know, when I was a kid, Isaiah Thomas, you know, his, his Achilles was blown and he's, his career is over. But recently we've had Elton Brand and Chauncey Billups deal with the exact same injury, and they've both come back in varying degrees of what they were before the injury. Can you, is it possible for someone to come back from this injury and be better and stronger the way we've seen with guys who tear ACLs? Um, you know, Adrian Peterson comes to mind. Everybody talks about the way he healed and, and how quickly he recovered from that injury. Like, is this the same type of thing where if you if you rupture your Achilles, you can come back and maybe be even stronger? Or is that asking too much? Well, first off, I think we have to um, perhaps put Adrian Peterson in, you know, I don't want to say a separate category necessarily. <laughs> but, uh, he, he, uh, he certainly defied, uh, you know, modern thinking, if you will. Right. And, and that makes for a lot of reasons, uh, including genetics. As you know, mm-hmm. there's more and more uh, being... Uh, documented today. For example, there are a couple of very nice studies out of uh, Scandinavian countries uh, showing adaptation of the Achilles tendon, showing that it actually is thickened in high jumpers or lead leg. Mm. So, you know, that the body's probably laying down, uh, you know, new collagen, new tendon, if you will, to, to try to minimize the stress when these uh, jumpers are out there repetitively. Um, you know, you're right. You, we've seen a couple of these uh, uh, high-profile NBA players come back and, and, and perhaps be more successful in their careers. Biologically, you know, if you look at uh, fractures, you look at some of these ligament injuries, yes, they, they do have the propensity under the right healing conditions to come back and be even stronger. Mm. So it may well be that that Achilles tendon itself is stronger too. But again, I think we've got to be very careful because, again, you've got more than just the tendon, right? You've got that rope, that tendon, but you've got the calf muscle there. And again, to my earlier points about uh, the changes in muscle that occur as we, uh, as we get older. So. Right. You know, possibly thinking of the ACL, for example, if you're just isolating that ligament, it, it may well be true that that ligament is stronger. But then you also have to remember you've got the uh, you've got the rest of that whole kinetic chain. You've got the quadricep, you've got the hip, and you know, to your earlier point, I think a lot of what has probably occurred in the last couple of decades has been the uh, rehabilitation of these injuries is just so much uh, so much more scientific and so much better. Uh, I'm sure Rick can speak to that, having gone through injuries. Uh, in the early part of his career versus the later part of his career. We've just learned a lot more. And then when you look at Achilles tendon injuries, the surgeries have gotten better, too. You know, it used to be you had a very, uh, you had a, an open incision that was about uh, four or five uh, centimeters long. Now they're doing these much smaller incisions. In fact, some of them are being done with what we call a percutaneous procedure, which is where they just went through the skin. So all of that, I think, is speeding up the rehabilitation, which is minimizing some of these other changes we talked about earlier, such as muscle atrophy. Dr. Thomas Best, uh, Director of Sports Medicine Research at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Dr. Best, we appreciate you so much. Great information, uh, tons of stuff that we need to make sure our listeners get their hands on. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. You have to be able to marry the science of this thing if you're Kobe, because you know how you know Kobe as well as anyone. He's, he's a guy that's so smart, that's so well-read and researched on stuff, He's going to be an expert. He'll be able to have a conversation with Dr. Best at a cocktail party about an Achilles uh-huh. surgery when, you know, when this is all over. So you need to be able to marry the, the science and th- that mental side that Tim Grover is going to be you know, a key part of getting him back mentally and focused on how to come back from this and get back to being the cleaner 
that uh, that he's been, you know, so long in, throughout his career. Yeah, I agree. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on. Uh, another little segment here, bragging rights. Just know that your face will be at the bottom of the uh, the bottom of the chart, Rick. Seku, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. They, he and Rick went both 4-0. and oh. I went undefeated again? Seku no Matata. I think it's fair to say that uh, at episode 100, it's only fitting that I am leading the bragging rights pack. Fellas, the king is still on the throne. Folks, Rick Fox has done the unthinkable. He's had an undefeated week, Lang. I don't believe it. 3-0. Should I retire? All right, it was fun being here this week. I'm going to go ahead and head out now. <laughs> yeah, this dude is, he is making some headway here, Lang, in the standings. I'm getting a little... I'm hot like the heat. I'm hot like the heat. I'm going for 33 in a row. Thank you, I'm coming. Guess whose name they're hollering? Grandpa Fox, get off my lawn. You kids, keep it down back there. <laughs> the way things are going. I need a humongous comeback if I'm going to win the bragging rights trophy this year. Why, why, why do you say that? I'm a Peyton man in addition this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in second, a distant second now to Rick Fox, who's 38-23 on the season. Uh, uh, you want to give us the standing, though? How'd we do this week, boys? <laughs> it's just him. And this year's regular season bragging rights champion. He got lucky. Rick Fox. I don't care what anybody says. I am smarter than a fifth grader. Yeah, well, bragging rights, my, you know what? Listen. I'm gracious enough. I'm gracious enough to, uh, you know, to congratulate the winner, Rick. Congratulations. Thank man. you. Speech, speech, Rick. Speech. You know, I'll crumble. Speech. I'll crumble up well, the little speech I had prepared well, here and throw it away since they want to clown me. Well, uh, Lang didn't hang up, did he? Lang, are you there? <laughs> Hi, Lang. My connection is terrible right now. I can barely hear you. Okay, guys. your connection is terrible. Well, here's what I have to say. It's not after, the only thing that was terrible. After coming into the league as a rookie, and Magic Johnson in the whole game. <laughs> I would actually just point out that I don't celebrate regular season championships. That's good. There's no such thing as a regular season championship. This was the warm up for what I hope <laughs> will be the run up to my eventual playoff championships. But I'm just excited that you guys have welcomed me into the bragging rights game. And oh, man. This guy. That I actually am looking out right now. At the waters in the Bahamas. This guy's a much better actor than he gets I'm credit in the for. Perfect, <laughs> I'm in the perfect place to he celebrate just, this moment. Ugh. Um, Somebody stop I'm really excited that the playoffs start and we can actually actually have these games count for something. Oh, so, man. This, somebody somebody just, throw uh, me in. Somebody throw me off my chair here. This is ridiculous. I just thought Rick sees the regular season the same way I do. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm just glad that the last, you know, eight months don't count. Listen, I talked to Little Yang. I understand that. But that's, you know, somebody's got to be the hype man around here. Somebody's got to play Floyd Mayweather in this thing. And since Floyd and I are from the same hometown, I figure why not, you know. Um, I'm I'm all for you getting this trophy. You can, you know, you can hold up your regular season MVP. But I want the finals MVP. I want to win bragging rights, you know. In in the postseason, so Greg, whatever you got lined up for us, whatever you got lined up for us for the postseason, uh, once again, it's on, suckers. Let's go. I, I'm ready. Whatever we're gonna do in the postseason, I want a new shot at bragging rights. All right. So for postseason, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick the winner from the East and West, and then the finals winner. Wow. So right now, right now. Oh man. I'll go I'll right first now. Look at Lang. First. Uh, uh, give me the heat. Lang's already got <laughs> it. Uh, Lang, Lang is I'll on board, o- so let's do it. Oklahoma City, and I'll take Miami, and I will take Miami to win the title. 
Well, that's that's stepping out on a limb. I'm just trying to be right. Hey, hey, Indiana Jones, don't worry about you know taking a risk there. You, yeah. I'm just trying to be right. <laughs> who you going? Who you going? Who you going with, Taku? I'm taking the Miami Heat in the East, mm-hmm. and I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies to come out of the West in a shocker, and the Heat to win the championship. Wow! I just want to go to Memphis and hang out on Beale Street. That doesn't leave me much shock value. <laughs> um, but how do we determine – you both picked the Heat. Oh, because I guess you picked Memphis and you picked um, – You got to pick the Heat, baby. I mean – I don't have to. Unless you unless – They're still like 3-1 and one, three and one against them, aren't they? We'll pick the next then and, 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 well, just, I'm, I'm and just send me the trophy. Well, I'm going to pick the next. <laughs> No, I got the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I got the heat. Um, and um, I'm going to go on the west. Uh, west I'm going to go with, gosh, do I dare do it? I think we should I think we should go all three west different teams. So I'm going, I, I can't even say Denver. Oh, my God, I want to say Denver. I hope I you pick the Denver. Clippers just so we can blast this to all the Laker fans out there. Rick, Oh, uh, my God. Um, you know what? Yeah. I'm calling Clipper <laughs> yeah, as no. soon as you get done talking. I, I look, 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 you guys got to edit, edit out all these gaps I got going on here. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with – oh, my gosh. I, Didn't Tiger going, get penalized for I'm a delay going, the other I'm, day? I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with – ah! Okay, see. <laughs> That's such a boring pick. It's a smart That's pick. It's a safe pick. Um, and then I'm safe. gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go for the win with OKC. Oh, wow! Wow! There's the stunner. Yeah, because here's why: they're gonna be on the road first, right? And I think they're gonna get one of those games in. I would. I would listen. I would have been comfortable picking against the Heat if I hadn't watched some of those games during that 27 game stretch. So uh, right. does, it does just the loser of this thing get to uh, pick up dinner in Miami or what? What's going on? Uh, the two losers, whoever doesn't finish first, is on the hook for dinner during the finals. Um, if it's if if Lang and I suffer the same fate in the postseason as we did in the regular season, we already know what we're taking, Rick, and it ain't expensive. So okay. we, we can we can foot that bill at. At our spot, and we might even have a celebrity uh, attendee. You know, let's hope. Let's work on that. Yes, Lang, we got to get to work on our on our good friend, especially your good friend, Miss um, Rodriguez. Let's see if she can join us this year for a uh, little grub. You know, bragging rights grub during the finals. Steak and shake. She's not coming. Steak and shake. <laughs> and, and this is all. This is all. You know, contingent on the heat. <laughs> making the finals again. Right, we don't. Right. I don't know if we have dinner plans anywhere else. Uh, we gotta. We gotta make sure they get this done. So, um, but yeah, congrats again to uh, Ulrich Fox for winning bragging rights during the regular season. Uh, Ulrich, actually, Ulrich Alexander. I'm sorry, Ulrich Alexander. Ulrich, Ulrich, the <laughs> meaning of the name Ulrich is a great ruler, <laughs> and the meaning of the middle name Alexander is ruler of men. Oh, so, so it's actually my dad named me great. Ruler of men. Oh, boy. But if yeah. you say so. Yeah. So that, that, that would explain. So, so you guys should have been prepared for this. It was just incredible. All right. Well, listen, we got to thank our guest, Tim Grover, uh, and Dr. Thomas Best for joining us on the Hang Time Podcast the this week. 
they they Dr. Best and, and T T Grover, you know, dropped some knowledge. It's fantastic stuff. It's playoff time in the NBA, fellas. The road <laughs> the road is staring us in the face, Lang. I don't know where you're gonna be. I don't know where I'm gonna be, Rick. I know where you're gonna be somewhere staring at beaches and pretty ladies. Yeah. And, you know, all that good stuff. I'm, but too bad with podcasts we can't post a picture of what I'm looking at. Let's not post a picture. You just say we go through the no, we piss people It's off. enough. It's enough that you won the bragging rights. Do you have to post a picture too? Why don't you get on Instagram? Post that on Instagram. <laughs> That's what I'll do. <laughs> go to my Instagram people and you will see a poster. You'll see a picture of what I'm looking at. We'll see you next time right here on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say kuna matata.